is Judge the Lebowski Deepcast. Laughable, man. <laughs> In each episode of Johnson, Brad and Adam discuss a single Johnson. That sounds like something I would have fucking loved when I was like 12. Providing insight. You know, they always say we learn more from our mistakes than our successes, right? Commentary. I don't know enough about LBJ to really comment. And conjecture. Why is everything about Vietnam? I mean, I know there's not a literal connection, Brad. And now... I jumped the gun there a little bit. Yeah, it's all good. It'll be alright. be fine. It's the worst that could happen. That's what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah. So. So. Well, first of all, how's it going, Brad? Um, it's going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Good. You know, I've, I've good. been, I've been, uh, feeling good the last couple of days. Yeah. Strange, strange for me. I know, but uh, yeah, you know, we're getting to that. Uh, Holiday time, which brings with it, I guess, some good and bad. But right now, I'm just reveling in the good, you know? What's some I'm of the good? I'm trying to get a little chill. I'm let's, chilling let's, out. Let's focus on that. What, what's some of the good? Yeah, just chilling out. Well, well, give, give me some days off work. Give me some specific examples. Days off work, there's one. Yes, there's one. Um, you know, um, I went to the doctor and I'm not dying yet, so that's good. Good, good. No more than normal. Right, exactly. Now, what did the doctor do? Um, was there uh, was there the, the bad one? Did he do the bad one? He didn't do anything too bad. Okay. I did have an EKG. Electronic kinetoscope gram. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Those are good. And, uh, you know, it, it came out just a little brown, but not too much. So that's good. Mm, just a little, little brown. Yeah, just a small bit of excrement seeped in, but that was it. A tincture of brown. Yes, exactly. Okay. The rest was just, you know, it was like a blood smoothie. All good. Mmm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Little red, mostly red, little brown, not too much. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Well, how about you? How are you doing? You know, uh, you know, earlier today I was feeling a little down. Uh, you know, I was at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So... There was that, but, uh, you know, lost, uh, lost a little bit of time working on my graphics, but you know, life goes on, Brad. Can't worry about that shit. No, exactly. Can't. We got, so you, you lost time working on graphics. Yeah. You mean you lost time from your life by dedicating it to something? Yes. That's mostly it. And then okay. also to a lesser degree, I just didn't know what to do. It's the blank canvas effect can happen with, you know, writing code or Mm -hmm. words on a page or, you know, recording a podcast. Well, you know, at least there's two of us here. Like one of us force the other one to say something. Or if like if I just want to sit here, maybe you'll talk. Right. Like how awesome would it be if we did an episode where it was just me or you? Like if it was Uh. just me and no one else. (laughs) It would mostly be silence while I read stuff on the internet and occasionally chuckled or cr- or cried. I'd listen to that. I'd That's listen to the be, shit out of that. That would be one of our deep cuts, so to speak. 
Just called Brad cries a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's like, you think gutter balls is normally unlistenable. You've heard nothing yet. (laughs) Tune into our alternate feed. Gutter balls, deep cuts. So you think that's a truly test your patience. You think that's a deep enough cut that we'd have to have a separate feed for (laughs) it? Yes. Yes. I mean, we're already testing the limits here. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, best to not dwell on that. But I, the other thing I was going to say about losing time is just that what was I going to be doing with that time anyway? So it's, you know, it's not all bad. What was I going to do? I got all these big plans. Not really. Yeah, exactly. You just like go home, sit on your couch and like look at the wall. Yeah. Do some of that. Uh, read, read Twitter a little bit, a little bit of Twitter. You know, shoot the shit with some people on Slack, yeah. maybe, and like, I could do the, all of those things at work. I got walls, I got Twitter, I got Slack. Yeah, that's so, just part of the whole, uh, I don't know, maybe that's just part of the whole problem, right, that our generation is facing. It's like, yeah, you're- It doesn't matter where you go, you're still, you're, it's just there you are. Your recreation follows you no matter where you are, because- it's not like, ooh, can't wait to get off work. I'm going to go and, like, play basketball because I can't do that at work. Like, people can even, like, walk and kind of jog while they're working now. Yeah. It's like, what? And they can also about? work while they're jogging at home. Right. It's too much, man. It's too much sometimes. So days off, that's a good, that's a good little, yeah. little thing. Yeah, so I can do the same thing I do at work at home. Well... Maybe we record another episode. Yeah, that could I be can. Uh, we can do one where I burn the shed down while I try to fry a turkey for the first time. Oh, nice! So you're frying turkeys now. Well, I'm gonna try. I've got a turkey fryer. I've just never fried a turkey in it. Have you fried anything in it? Yeah. Um. Fuck! Did I fry in there? Shit! I think I did wings in there one time. Ah. Yeah, I, did, I I did wings in there for like a Super Bowl party. I think. So we didn't want to have all the wing smoke, right? The nastiness inside. So I did it outside. You're uh, making my mouth water. Yeah, but no, we usually do like a shrimp boil in there. Ah, shrimp boil. Mm-hmm. So sausage, some potatoes, some corn. Got the uh, zatarans in there. Throw some scrumps. If you're feeling real saucy, you throw some crawdads. Dump it out onto a table. Newspaper on it. Dig in. That sounds. Quite lovely. It's the shit. The only problem is it's rare that we have newspaper. So that's another benefit of um, Mm. subscribing to the Washington Post and having them foist the physical Sunday paper on us. Right. Got some newspaper laying around. I can start some fires. I can have a shrimp boil or crab boil. But, you know, hey, if them foisting that paper on you somehow through some bizarre, (laughs) strange economic scheme that bears no resemblance to reality helps them then so be it it's gotta just be you know the boomers and the advertisements and yeah, the coupons. Exactly. it's all it is they can sell they can make more money selling print ads that they just foist onto people like it's more or less like here take it we'll pay you to take this yeah we'll pay you 70 dollars a year to take this <laughs> 52 uh, physical newspapers one per week please we'll pay you 70 dollars to do it please take it insanity because then they can say this many circulated 
to mm-hmm. the uh, you know Safeway who wants to put coupons for you know twelve to fourteen pound butterball turkeys in there. We're living in a bizarre age, is all I can say. We sure are, Brad. You Unf- said a mouthful there. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, 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 he's got the worst luck, doesn't he? Unfortunately, yeah. Is that your namesake? It's my alter ego. Yeah. I starred in uh, Hell in the Pacific about uh, a Navy fighter pilot who uh, crashes. His raft comes up on this little tiny speck of island in the Pacific. Palau, I think they shot it on. And uh, and it's like mano y mano against this Japanese maybe fighter pilot. But they're like alone on the island and they've got to like battle it out and it's you know sort of a bigger statement on i don't know world relations and right the comings and goings of war and peace but it's lee marvin and uh what's his name kurosawa's guy what's his name mifune mifune or whatever okay it's those two dudes it was like lee marvin's passion project but it's (laughs) it's kind of crazy like somehow they wrote the script but then I don't know, the translator, they had to translate it into Japanese for Mifune. That, I hope that's how you pronounce that. That, that is how you pronounce that. Okay. But somehow, translator got pissed because they didn't like the way the story was. So, like, somehow they, I'm getting this all wrong probably, but, the, like, they, the way they translated it was, like, they made it into a comedy almost. Hmm. And when Mifune got it, he was, like, insulted by the ridiculousness of it. And so they were trying to straighten it out, but there was some lost in translation business going on. And by the time, like, he, they got it, like, no, that was a mistake. We're going to do it right. Like, he had already kind of locked into how he was going to play the character, which I guess turned into a bit of a disaster. And then, of course, it was Lee Marvin's No Picnic to work with. I don't know. It, it might be an interesting study just to look at it. Yeah. So have you actually seen it? I've never seen it. No, I just just. I have article. to say, you've just sold it so hard. I really want to see it <laughs> well. after your description, because <laughs> I love films that are just errors. Right, right. The, hence the room. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think there's so much more to be gleaned from a film that's an error. You know, they always say we learn more from our mistakes than our right. successes. Right. So. Right. Yeah, but the room isn't your failure. So well, watching it's, somebody, it's one of humanity's failures. <laughs> watching somebody else's failure might be a little exploitative. I mean, I know that's your theory. <laughs> you might, you're probably right. You're the bigger man. No, I just don't want to watch it and feel like it. I mean, I've seen little clips that you've sent me. It's it's enough. I might watch Mifune's Hell in the Pacific, though. Yeah. I hate that, you know, yeah, Lee was trying to make a statement. He had passion for it. But Why then you... it just all goes wrong. Oh, you hate that because it didn't succeed. Well, it's just, well, it's, uh, you know, that in itself, like, you know, what you just described happening is like a perfect, like they couldn't make one of these like movies about the making of the movie type things, like a dramatization of all the weird errors and arrogant characters. It would be very Cohen-esque, I imagine. Yeah. That's what I'm envisioning in my mind. Except better than Hail Caesar, hopefully. Still haven't seen it. There's a lot of Coen Brothers films I've not seen. Intolerable Cruelty? That one, I saw almost all of it. There's a lot of Coen Brothers movies you haven't seen, and that's not 
on that list? Because it was on Netflix. It was one of the few Coen brothers. <sighs> like when we started doing season one of Gutterballs, which was the Lebowski deep cast. We were children. Where we did minute by minute of Lebowski. I don't even remember this. Yeah, it's back there. We actually invented a whole format of podcasts. We did? We did. There's what now countless it? imitators. What do they do? They talk about Big Lebowski? They just take a movie and uh, analyze it minute by minute. Each episode is another minute. They spend an hour and a half talking about everything well, but no, the movie? Well, no, they're fucking lightweights. Most of oh, them okay. do like maybe 10 minutes episodes. Ten. They on. probably like record, you know, over the course of a couple weeks, they've recorded an entire, uh, you know, they can do the whole movie and they just chop it up into 10 minute segments and dole it out. Laughable, man. <laughs> but, uh... Well, somebody's got to lead the way. What can I say? Yeah. Somebody's got to be the pioneer. Build those bridges to new territory. Yeah, you got to rebuild the infrastructure. Yeah, it's cr- all crumbling, Brad. It's but all crumbling. When we started that, I thought, oh, I wanna, I'm going to make sure I need to fill in my gaps in my Cohen brothers. And since we started it, I think... Crumbling crumbleweeds, Brad. At least Brad. two Cohen brother movies of Cohen... Co- wait, what? Coen Brother movies have come out. Two Coen Brother, I think, just two. Since since what now? Since we started Gutterballs. That's so it's the Inside uh, Lewin Davis and that's, that's the Big Lebowski podcast that you were talking about. Yeah, that we did. Okay, that we did. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, Inside Lewin Davis. Sure, sure. Hail and Caesar. Hail Caesar were the two that have come out. But anyway, even before any of those movies were even announced or being talked about, I was like, well, I'm going to fill in some of my gaps of Cohen Brothers. But this and is intolerable post- cruelty. Cruelty was one of the ones. It was on Netflix. It was one of the few Cohen Brothers movies on Netflix. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. Were you filling in gaps because we had started that podcast? Yeah. Or or just in general? Well, I mean, it's a I think it's a worthwhile pursuit with if we sure. were doing the podcast or not. But because Absolutely. specifically we were doing the podcast, I was like, you know, I don't want to come off as too much of an amateur. Right. This was little that I know at the time, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just yeah. no getting around that. No getting but, around that one. But that was uh, when we were living. I watched Intolerable Cruelty, but I didn't see the whole thing because I would watch it, but I would just like steal little bits of time. So I'd watch like the first 20 minutes here. Hmm. And then a little later, I'd watch another 20 minutes. And then like a day later, I'd watch the next 30 minutes. And I kept doing that up until a certain point, at which point. I think the movie like disappeared from Netflix. I was like, fuck, I guess I'll never see the end of it. That's really frustrating. Yeah. But I mean, it took me like, I think it was like, I was like five days into like watching it. You know, too, too bad. We didn't start that big Lebowski podcast. Like now, well, that would have been unfortunate in its own way. But like, since it's a post fact world, like you could have just said you were an expert in all things. Coen brothers. Right. But there was a different time back when we started. Yeah. That. Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of the post-fact world. No, you're which, not? Which you is like why that? I'm a little touchy. I'm a little touchy about today's topic. Oh, oh boy. So this is our inaugural episode of Johnson. Johnson? <laughs> where we talk about iconic Johnsons. From, it could be from history. It could be real Johnsons. Uh, could be... Uh... Maybe uh, not so real Johnsons. We right. don't know. Could be. Yeah, I guess. I haven't considered fictional Johnsons, but why not? Why not? 
But we start. We we decided for this inaugural episode we would talk about Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, LBJ. Now, of course, this is a bit foolish of us in a way, because a president. It's a big Johnson. It's a huge Johnson. Huge jo- a jumbo Johnson, if you Way will. Way bigger than I can deal with, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, there's so much, I mean, you know, the, uh, of history here. Like, going through, like, forget even, forget all of his, like, you know. Quirks. Early political careers where oh, he was uh, in Congress in, like, 1927 or something. Like, yeah, he was in the House of Reps forever. He was in the Senate yeah, I guess it was 1937. See, they already made a fucking rookie mistake there. Well, yeah, he was 29 years old, though. So yes, yes. But you know, up to you know the you know all the things this would involve, like the assassination of John F. Kennedy, right? His Great Society, the escalation in the Vietnam War, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and the controversy surrounding that, like there's civil so rights, much. Woodstock, the fucking moon. <laughs> Yeah, like I and I would hate to be spreading the assassination of Martin Luther King. Like I, I do not want to be not one Kennedy, s- but two Kennedys down spreading false information here. Well, like I I'm said, a little touchy about that right now. Like I feel like okay. there's enough false information. There's okay if it's false information about the Cohen brothers or Walter, but false false information about like American history. Recent American history, relatively speaking. Well, it's 40, 40 something year old history now. 50 you know, and year I old hate history. to like talk about the Gulf of Tonkin incident, for example, right? Which some people say didn't happen. Well, I guess it didn't happen. It definitely didn't happen the way it was portrayed at the time. Did Johnson knew that? Was it oh, because boy. they wanted to escalate the conflict and lie? Oh, or maybe blah, boy. Blah, blah. You know, we start we getting into these things, and it's just like, you know. I don't, I can't talk about that. It's some volatile territory. Yeah. Which is why I sent you. Even though it's half a century old, like, can't we just, anyway, you sent me, what'd you send me? Well, okay. Oh, well, I know that. See, here's the, yes. So we're in more comfortable territory if we talk about that, basically. We're in more comfortable territory if we just talk about his bunghole. All right, we'll talk about his bunghole and pet names for his penis. How's that work? Yeah, that works. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, bunghole. So, bunghole. Now, where I come from, Brad, that's not a name someone would self-apply to their asshole. I never really knew, know the term bunghole too much. Like, I think Beavis and Butthead kind of introduced me to that. Well, yeah, that's where you know it from. I don't but, know where like LBJ gets it well, from. Well, LBJ was from Texas. Beavis and Butthead took place in Texas. Oh, was Mike Judge from Texas? Because that is that why it took place in Texas? Maybe King of the Hill is in Texas too. Yeah, so I'm gonna guess Mike Judge is from there, and that's the term of art down there. Bunghole. Bunghole. Yeah, I. That's definitely Beavis and Butthead for me. Originators. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm not just. I wasn't no, just the no. late to that game. I don't think so. At least as far as, like, a fellow Pennsylvanian is right. concerned. A northerner. Yeah. Yeah, bunghole wasn't a, a term that I was familiar with. Uh, Mike Judge was born in Ecuador, and then he was mm-hmm. raised from age seven in Albuquerque. I mean, we split in hairs here. New Mexico, Texas, same thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sorry, is that 
Well, it's like he set those things in Texas, King of the Hill, because like if you're in New Mexico, you're like, yeah, those Texans are a bunch of idiots. Right. And if, if he was from Texas, it would have been set in New Mexico. Probably. Right. Exactly. Those fucking New Mexicans. Like that's that's. Yeah. Such a small state. Sad. We got the biggest state over here. Everything's bigger in Texas, Brad, including LBJ's penis. And his pet name for it was Jumbo. So where are you getting that from? Well, here's the thing. That wasn't in the audio recording, was it? Uh, I didn't read the whole thing, because you sent me a transcript of it. Well, it had a little link on it that said, listen. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So we <laughs> we decided to do a podcast called Johnson. <laughs> right. And so, you know, what, what, that was a week ago or so. I don't know. That yeah, was a while ago. like that. Whatever. So today I search because we decided we're kind of going back and forth. I don't want to no spoilers for future episodes, but we settled on LBJ. It's fine. Yes. So today I was doing some research and I just searched Lyndon Baines Johnson podcast. And there's a whole cracked podcast on Lyndon Baines Johnson <laughs> specifically. And it's mostly about his insane audio recording habit that he had. 9,000 hours, 9,000 hours, no, 9,000 phone calls, 800 hours of audio he recorded. Why? He was just... That seems like the kind of thing you wouldn't want. He fucking loved it. And according to, I mean, people should just turn us off and just listen to that because it's way better and they know what they're talking about. But he did it because he just thought... Being president was the fucking shit. And like any phone call he had had the potential just to be incredible. So whether he's calling up like a tailor out of the blue or like, you know, somebody who's going to deliver some flowers, like he would have to signal his secretary like, okay, record. And then he'd make the call. So it's not just that he was recording everything indiscriminately either. Like he had to decide like, oh, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to call this tailor to give me some more space in my crotch from my nuts where my nuts hang down to my bunghole. This is going to be a good one. Okay, signal the secretary, hit record. Now I'll call him. <laughs> and that dude's freaked the fuck out because the president just called him and is saying things like, I need about an inch more down there where my nuts hang around back to right. my bunghole like he knew it was being recorded yeah yes yes he just thought it was fucking awesome and he started recording shit half an hour after jfk was shot well i mean there must be something i mean it's a i think it's a huge boon to historians to even now trying to understand how the government works like how does it really work totally you know like not why he was doing it like because there's some know. some interesting stuff in these tapes without a doubt um, but really you know, the most interesting that we know is, now that lbj knew at the time and things right. like that sure but the most interesting to me is the fact that he would like choose to record a conversation between he and a pants maker where he's gonna <laughs> talk about his bunghole and his nuts hanging right. down well now i feel like it's just such a different time because it's like the last thing you want is to be recorded saying anything. Right. If you're a politician. Doesn't even matter what it is. No, it could be the most benign pick, like, thing. The fact that you used a word that sounds like another word that's 
a bad political topic. And it's like, all right, you're done. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. Depends. But also, it was much more technologically difficult to, like, splice and edit shit together to make something new back then. Like, the news could do it. They could pick and choose and kind of edit together a little bit. But, like, every Tom, Johnson, and Harry sitting around in their basement in front of a computer couldn't take what you said and, like, manipulate it too much. Right. So... Yeah, I don't know, man, but he just didn't, he did not give a shit. He, I had no idea how fucking crazy that guy was. Like, he's an insane, and he did a lot of good stuff, but he was an insane person. He would take his peanut, I'm sorry, he would take Jumbo out. Like, on more than one occasion, he just took Jumbo out. Somebody, some reporter was interviewing him. It's like, well, you know, what about, you know, Vietnam, whatever, escalation, and are we going to whatever? And he's like, you know, why why aren't we, you know, getting out of there? (laughs) He just unzipped his pants and brought Jumbo out. He's like, this is is why we're not getting out of there. Oh, okay. Yep, that works. Makes sense. How does that make sense? Because you have a penis named Jumbo, so we're not going to quite. Okay, sure, sure, sure. What a crazy fucker. Yeah. Do we want to play? This is public domain stuff. Do we want to play some of this? Can we do that? Do we have the technology? We may or may not have the technology. Let's give but it a shot. We well, do what have are we the tech- play. Play his uh, bunghole tape. Yeah, let's play the bunghole tape. All right, let's do that. All right, here we go. Now, another thing that crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. So when you make them up, give me a inch that I can let out there. Uh, because they cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So leave me. Uh, you never do have much margin there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, around uh, under my back of my bunghole. So I can let it out there if I need to. Well, there you go. There's the president of the United States of America in 1960-something. Yep. <laughs> that's him. That's it. Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, imagine if we could go back in time to see, like, what really happens, right? In the halls of power. It's, yeah, I mean, it is, like, a priceless gem that we have now, but I think he was doing it for different reasons, and I just, I'm not sure what they were. Yeah. But it wasn't, like to document this so that future generations could understand the mechanics of of government Mm -hmm. may have just been because he thought everything he did was ultra cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, you go back in time, like what would we know? Right. Like, like the final countdown, you mean? No. Yeah. Like that. Yes. Oh, the final countdown. Yeah. Right. The The Philadelphia uh, experiment. Oh, come on. You're just doing it on purpose now. But the, you know, I don't know, like, like what was the crazy shit that George Washington did? Well, funny, you should, uh... They had, like, coke and foam parties with Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> okay, can you explain what a coke and foam party is and how you know about it, please? Well, apparently a coke and foam party is a party for gay men in which you do a lot of coke and hang while hanging out in a hot tub while masturbating in the hot tub but you're under the cover of like the foam of the hot tub so 
that's the foam part. Um, forgive my naivete. Now that yes, what I don't the- know if these are real because this was a thing like spouted by a crazy madman. I I see. Who is now um, an influential member of our government? Um, is there is there a desire to then? Do you do you seep in the hot semen yeah, infested it, waters to braise in that concoction? Maybe it doesn't really matter. Why doesn't it matter? That's I the mean, only the thing that matters. Of semen to hot water. The water is so hot it just kind of cooks it away. It, where does it go? I don't know. Like, where does anything go when you cook it? Like, you cook your <laughs> turkey. Where does the raw turkey go? I don't know. It's gone. It beca- it's just replaced with the cooked turkey. And that's not offensive. <laughs> Little cooked semen doodles. It's like a funnel cake. It's fine. Who cares? I don't know. Thanks for ruining funnel cake. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. So it's okay. They like it. And then they, they're covered in a thin sheen of cooked semen doodles and that's cool it's all part of the experience right i guess i don't know i've never been to one remind me never to go in your fucking hot tub brad well i mean i don't know how deep you really want me to go into this (laughs) just keep going i don't know like there's something well i don't know i didn't know they had hot tubs in the 60s they have that technology 1770s at this point oh shit right Keep going. How how deep is your love, Brad? Well, I just mean, I don't know. When there's like an excrement of a sexual nature. Yeah. Right? It's some, it's, there's, it's a, I don't know. It's maybe a quirk of human psychology. I don't know. But it's kind of like non-offensive if you're interested in that. Well, that's was my like, question. Like as a straight like, man, like female sexual secretions are not gross to me. It depends. Depends on the situation, but they're not. I don't want to braise in them. I mean, you're not braising in them, but if some gets added into the mixture, it's like, well, okay. But we had this conversation before about how you know, I don't think, think about so. how like fecal matter is touching the same air that we're breathing, etc. And, and I'm not just, and I'm okay just like, with it's that. It's just life, man. Get over it. That's so that not kind of okay. that, that's what kind of applies here. Okay, okay. I I think that. It's uh, a couple levels up from just like fart particles, farticles, farticles. It's definitely levels up, but I'm just saying it follows the same trend line that a lot you of and things, I have in being disturbed of, by these things. A lot of things follow a fucking trend Like, I'm not talking line. about getting in a, a vat of 100% semen oh, and like just being coated in it and being like, yeah, this is fine. But if I'm in a big hot tub and you drizzle a little something in, it's like, well, who the fuck cares? Just a little drizzle of whatever. It doesn't really matter. Are you putting your head underneath it? Would, like, would that make you care? If it was... And you're opening your mouth down there If it a was liquid bit? feces and I put my head under it, I would care. That's a line for me. But not the joy juice. That's cool. I, if, if I'm not... Uh, again, it depends on the amount. I think a little <laughs> bit is fine. What's a little... Like, what's... Is it parts per million? I mean, a normal... Yeah, I don't know. Let's say it's up. So, like, hot tubs are based on like the number of people you put in them, right? Like a six-person hot tub. It's not humongous, but it's not tiny. It's a six-person deal. Like, if there's a cup, if there's a cup of it in there, well, there could be like a two-person hot tub, a four-person hot tub, six ten. So, I'll I'll just calibrate it as per person. I will say the standard 
amount of ejaculate per person. Couple tablespoons. Ooh. Probably fine. Couple tablespoons per person now. Yes. So four tablespoons and a quarter, 16 tablespoons in a cup. So if it's a six person hot tub, I don't know. You could be looking at almost a cup. Yeah, that might be a little too much. That might, I might, I might, it might be a little too much. So each person would only have to like, they'd have to cut it off after half their load. I'm so happy no one actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Jake's mom. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, George Washington. He loved the sound of bullets whizzing by his head. It was very soothing to him. Well, back then, you didn't have a whole lot of entertainment options. No, so. and that's from the Cracked podcast again. So we got to put a link to that because they're the ones who actually know. They don't. They, they don't. They put the time into research. Yes. That's what I was saying. Like, imagine all, the other day, imagine what we could do if we had someone we'll put a little more time. Imagine the other day? Yeah. Uh, imagine all the, the other, day other day when it Coke all... Coke and foam for everyone. <laughs> hey, the other day. Oh, make it go away. Uh, shit. I still, I don't know what you're talking about the other day. If we would have put research in the other day, we would have been better off. You know, it's always hindsight's 2020. If we researched LBJ another day, oh, that would have been another day down our path. No, what I'm talking about is my little dream. You see, I don't even remember it because it was such a crackpot idea, right? My little daydream about us, you know, putting like 40 hours a week into producing a show. Sure, sure. I don't and how, think, like, you know, we're so held back by our own inability to you know, I, work what, what, in essence, would be three jobs. I really don't think that, like, it would matter, even if we put 40 hours a week into this or whatever. We'd I don't still, think it would matter. Yeah. Wouldn't matter. <laughs> think, put like, 40 hours a week at LBJ, we're still just going to end up talking about funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. Yep. Farticles. Uh, yeah. So, the, like, the payoff wouldn't be there. The, um, you know, what do they call that? Risk reward? Not exactly right. that, but might as well be. Right. So it's just as well. Like we get, you know, we get the same return that we're getting now, but we get it now for far less of our emotional investment, Brad, and our time investment. Like we put nothing into this. And it's almost too much. <laughs> it's a little, <laughs> it's a little much sometimes. <laughs> well, you know. It seems like it's going to be okay once in a while, and almost never is, because here we are. Okay, so the final countdown is Martin Sheen. It's the other one right. that's, that's, but the final countdown is the one that I know better, maybe, because the modern, here's the synopsis, modern aircraft carriers thrown back in time to 1941 near Hawaii, just hours before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Wow. So they have to decide, like, like first they have to figure out what the fuck's going on, you know, because they go through some electricity storm and then all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. there and they have to decide, like, do we intervene in uh, in this? Do we change the course of history? Like, you know, it could fuck everything up real bad. Like, what if because we stop this attack, Pearl Harbor never gets attacked, we don't enter World War Two. You know, maybe the Nazis win, there's fascists, like, you know, could be horrible. Like, maybe it's better to just let history take its course. Right. 
I don't remember it being, it's probably not very good, but there was that nice sort of psychological element to it, which I liked, you know, wrestling with your, with the morality of intervening in history. Yeah. Kirk Douglas. This is an interesting film. Is it? That I, well, I don't think I've seen it. I might have vague, vague, kind of like, like when you say Martin Sheen on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, you know him on an aircraft carrier. I kind of see that in my mind. Like, this could have been on WPIX a couple times, and I was kind of aware of it being on, didn't really, like, watch it, or maybe watched, like, a little segment of it. Yeah, I mean, Martin Sheen was never the coolest cat around. Right. But, I mean, he was okay. I guess the West Wing, if you watch that kind of thing, maybe you like him then, but that was way after. Yeah. Like, in 1980... In 1980, we're not thinking Martin Sheen is the shit, you know, too little. Is that even true? Like, well, we, we personally we, were not. We, that is yeah, true. We, yeah. Like, yeah. or even in like 1983 to 1986, like seven to 11 year olds were not the target demographic for a Martin Sheen vehicle, I'm going to say. But I remember thinking this was a good movie. Like, it's one of those ones that, you know, you'd see in the video store a lot with the cool, uh, picture of the aircraft carrier and the lightning on the front of it and then you just you know you'd see it around tv yeah i mean i definitely you know and i think maybe just even hearing about this in my mind i just got it mixed up with the philadelphia experiment i always did too which also involves an aircraft carrier and time travel oh this is the reverse or is it a battleship well yeah i guess it might be a battleship now that you say it it's a it's a naval vessel. I'll just put it that way. But All it's right. a naval vessel. But this was a World War II era naval vessel, and and it comes to the present day. It comes well, it does not come to the present day. So because the Philadelphia experiment was something you know allegedly it, where they were testing invisibility. Yeah, or it's one of these something. like urban legends, right? Where the idea of the Philadelphia experiment, the urban legend is. That they were testing some kind of yeah invisibility thing. It'll make an invisibility to they'll be invisible to the German radar as well as invisible like all the way. They wouldn't even be able to see it. And they they had this like you know ship in at the shipyard in Philadelphia, and they turned it on, and the ship just vanished. And they were like, oh shit, like it works, it's gone. But like it's just it was just gone. And then. They're like, fuck, what happened? The ship was just, like, deleted from reality. But then later on, they find the ship, like, hundreds of miles away, like, off the coast of Virginia or something like that. Hmm. Virginia doesn't even have a coast? Yeah, it has some Yeah, coast. I guess it has a coast. But, like, yeah. And, and so they find it, but, like, you know, the ship is all messed up and, like, crewmen are, like, fused into the bulkheads and stuff and everyone's, like... See, that's the only part Dead. I remember is like people being like melted into the deck. Yeah. So the idea is the ship somehow they were trying to do invisibility, yet somehow the ship like teleported. Probably went down to Virginia Beach. There's a big it, yeah. uh, air base, naval base down yeah. there. And it like fucked up the crew. Like it became because I guess because, you know, it was part of the consequence of it going into this weird immaterial state. It's never good. You had people in the... So that's the urban legend. The movie, yes, they did the Philadelphia Experiment. They turned it on. Two crewmen on that ship. You saw, like, the chaos on the ship with, like, the flashing lights. And again, like, lightning, vortex. Oh, we're in some weird alternate dimension. And people are getting, like, stuck in the bulkheads. Oof. But two people, two of the crewmen, two of the seamen, fall off. 
and like they fall out overboard or maybe they intentionally jump overboard to try to save themselves i don't remember but they then are like oh they go through like the weird vortex dimensional vortex and they end up in 1984 so it's a fish out of water story. Yeah. So now it's two, yeah, two World War Two seamen in 1984, and I forget what then becomes the strange MacGuffin. But for some reason, they want to get back. They have to get back. Maybe they were delivering the. Uh, maybe it was the Indianapolis, and they were delivering the H bomb. Yeah, it wasn't that because the ship is still just. Kind of, yeah, I don't remember exactly what makes it happen, but you know who co-stars in that movie. The um, Philadelphia Experiment? Yeah. The lady from RoboCop? The inimitable Nancy Allen, yes. Yep. She's a, a yeah, she's a, a, a figure, a cult figure for being in all these movies. Yeah, RoboCop, man. I saw the cover. It's like, holy shit, that's her. The 80s were pretty good for her, I guess. Yeah. Got the Philadelphia did. Experiment, RoboCop. She was in Out of Sight. Who knew? Out of Sight. Which one was that? I believe that's Soderbergh is in it, directed that. Um, oh, it's uh, who's it? J Lo, maybe it's oh, an Elmore Leonard, one. an Elmore Leonard book, more one recent of, one. Okay, one of Clooney's first movies after he, you know, made the jump. Pretty good, pretty good. I haven't seen it in a while. Pretty good. And I didn't know that Nancy Allen was in it. Don Cheadle, Ving Rhames. Yeah, I wonder what she's doing nowadays. Don't know. It's a good question. She hasn't been in anything since my apocalypse in 2008. Don't know. Seems like kind of a long hiatus. Well, she's 66. She's, she's done her duty to God and country. Yeah, I would say. I'd say so. Final countdown. See, that's another pair of movies. Like, know, I'm so, kind of surprised I haven't seen the final countdown because like, that sounds like something I would have fucking loved when I was like 12. Yes. Cast of thousands. I would have been thousands. so into that. There are so many... Like USS Nimitz crew credits in this list, man. So like, you know, this was a kind of a big deal, you know, big budget aircraft carriers. Come on. Yeah. Catherine Ross was in it of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid slash the graduate fame. Yes. Yep. But wait, Nancy Allen was married to Brian De Palma. Oh, snap. Oh, the plot just thickened. Huh. It's all connected. Wow. Three years later, she set the standard for all future, quote, bitch goddess teenagers as Chris Harginson in Stephen King's Carrie. Was she the titular Carrie? No. Oh. Anyway, Brian De Palma directed that, and then that was in 76, and then they got married in 79. Huh. So that did, just trying to figure out what, like why she stopped. She's an environment environmentalist. I don't know. Who knows? Nowadays, Nancy Ellen lives a quiet life along with her family and friends somewhere in the United States. She's just done with it. She's like, I'm done. Bad enough. Yep. Don't don't need the money. I'm good. I envy her. You know, it's not easy to walk away. It's like Carson, Brad. Johnny Carson, man. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm done. And he meant it. He was done. No little specials, no like reunions, no like on the 10th anniversary of him retiring, he comes back for one last little hurrah. No, he's just done, done. Gotta admire it. Speaking of just being done and like whatever you want to say about it, like whatever the maybe ulterior motives or other reasons, LBJ, he could have ran again in what was it, 69? And he didn't. Ostensibly, 
it was so he could like keep helping de-escalate Vietnam. Maybe there there was a like a politic not politically excuse me well yes political reason for it but like the opposite of what that normally means he wanted to be done with politics so that they wouldn't interfere with his work of doing whatever the fuck he was trying to do and I think it was. Nam. I know. Why is everything about Vietnam with you? I get it. I mean, I know there's not a literal connection, Brad. But no, this is on, so I mean, take it for what it's worth. It's on the uh, whitehouse.gov okay. site. So, you know, I don't, I'm not twisting anything around any more than anybody else, right? If it's good enough for the White House. Yeah, good enough for the White House. That's, I'll go with that. Um. So, yeah, here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <sighs> He did a lot of good work, a lot of like civil rights stuff, Medicare, Medicaid, all this cool shit, just signing legislation to make people's lives better, anti-poverty, anti-discrimination stuff, a lot of good shit. But, and now I'm quoting from whitehouse.gov. Now I guess we can put a link to this show notes. Nevertheless, two overriding crises had been gaining momentum since 1965. Despite the beginning of new anti-poverty and anti-discrimination programs, unrest and rioting in black ghettos troubled the nation. President Johnson steadily exerted his influence against segregation and on behalf of law and order, but there was no early solution. The other crisis arose from Vietnam. Despite Johnson's efforts to end communist aggression and achieve a settlement, fighting continued. Controversy over the war had become acute by the end of March 1968 when he limited the bombing of North Vietnam in order to initiate excuse me, initiate negotiations. At the same time, he startled the world by withdrawing as a candidate for re-election so that he might devote his full efforts, unimpeded by politics, to the quest for peace. Which is kind of crazy considering, you know, how fucking cool apparently he thought being president was. Like he could just take Jumbo out whenever he felt like it. But he was like, you know, there's a, uh, there's more... There's more to the man than his bravado and his his blustery exterior, I guess. Like, he genuinely wanted to make the world better. Do you think I'm giving him too much credit? Well, it's hard to say what's really going on there. Because a lot of people really... He was the one that escalated it to start with. (laughs) But I guess he realized his mistake, right? I mean, you know, I'll give presidents... I try to give presidents credit, for the most part. Yeah, you try. That they are, yes, they're imperfect people, like we all are. They're trying to do what they think is best for people. They're not just, you know, like, yes, I'm going to create a war because it will, you know, it's going to do something that will benefit me politically or something, right? Yeah. You know, it's easy to get that kind of shit, right? In presidents, no matter what party, you know, you get all kinds of shit, no matter what you do. It's most of the job, probably. Taking shit. Right. Not, and you don't even get like a hot tub soak out of it. It's just like slung at you, like just right. in the air. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not watered down or diluted. It's just pure shit. So you know, there's the question, right? Like escalating it was, you know, and again, who knows, right? He did it. He realized, <laughs> wow, I really fucked up. When did he start escalation of that? Nineteen sixty four. When the fuck did Vietnam start? Right. He, in essence, I think, well, so troops, there were, like, problems in Vietnam under JFK. 
Right. And there were some U.S. forces stationed there and around there. But I don't think it really became, like, here we are going to, you know, say false stuff. But I believe in 1964, there was the Gulf of Tonkin incident. That was in 64? Yeah, I mean, you can Google this to double check on me. I think it's 64. And he, uh, um, you know, and because of this, this incident that had supposedly happened, it, you know, was able to drum up support in Congress and from the populace to say, okay, like, give me authority to go escalate this conflict and fucking kick ass. Although right. we know now that what at the time they said it happened did not happen. And that's Gulf of Tonkin. Yes. Now this was covered in, this is where we can connect it to cinema as well, like we like to do. There's the excellent documentary, The Fog of War by Errol Morris. You know, I have not seen that one. You need to watch that. Like talk about, how shit gets done behind the scenes and how, how things happen. Yeah. Like the guy pretty much tells all and mm-hmm. it's corroborate, you know, and like, again, Errol Morris's style, you know, like he's talking and they're showing the actual documents with the shit he's talking about on it. And again, they have audio recordings of a lot of this stuff of like him talking to LBJ or, you know, like the joint chiefs talking, trying to figure out what's going on. They have like audio recording of this and they like, it, yeah, and it's mind blowing. Right. But ultimately, you know, what he says and what's scary is, you know, how this Gulf of Tonkin thing happened, you know, and they were convinced this was the North Vietnamese trying to escalate the conflict. But that's because that's what they they saw, what they believed. Right. Like they believed that to start with. So when they looked at it, that's what they saw. But in reality, right. that's not what happened. Right. Yeah, some you just see what you want sometimes, right? Like, even if you're the president and the, the secretary of defense and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, it's just like, yeah, like, this is like, there's there's not, it's still just so amazingly fallible, and it's that's so scary. According to Wikipedia, the escalation started in the early 60s. Like, we were in there in the 50s. We started escalating in, like, 61. Troop levels tripled. In 61 yeah. and again in 62, but it still wasn't that crazy until 64, and that's Gulf of Tonkin. Right, yeah, yeah, that was the JFK, yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah, I guess we were in there even earlier. I know JFK started sending more people there, Yeah, but it wasn't a full-out war or conflict or whatever you want to call it. The Gulf of Tonkin is where Congress said, okay, President, you have, you know, unlimited authority to go right. do this. Yeah, war, Brad. What is it good for, I wonder? I wonder. Absolutely nothing. There was uh, a presidential aide, Valenti, saying, like, at the time of Kennedy's assassination, now these are his words, Vietnam wasn't even really on their radar too much. Like, it was kind of an afterthought. It was the Mm -hmm. size of, he says, the size of your fist on the horizon. I'm not sure if that means, like, here's the entire, like, sky and horizon of, you know... But the world of our national and international policies in Vietnam was like, I guess, stretching your arm out. And yeah, stretch your arm out and see your fist compared to the faraway horizon. Right. And that's and what the, you got. The breadth of the sky. It's that, like, you know, what, like, you know, if you're going to say there's 180 degrees there, that's probably like two. Maybe. Right. So it wasn't much. But then over the next like year, I guess it just blew up literally and figuratively. Yeah. So LBJ, yeah, trying to make things better, but also uh, 
making things worse. You know, or that could also just be his... Again, I don't know enough about LBJ to really comment on his not running. Like, was it more like he just realized he couldn't win, and that was his way to save face to not do it? Or he was just like, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. Because, I mean, the guy had one and a half terms. Yes. So if he did this, you know, again, he'd be going for, you know, beyond the typical two terms that a president can serve. Right. Elected. You can be elected to two terms. Right. So, yeah, he'd go, like, almost as far as you you could, like, serve as, as long as you possibly could, pretty much. Yeah, maybe he was just done with it. But uh, that's funny you say maybe he knew he couldn't get reelected because he won the popular vote by the largest margin in history. Not that that matters because, you know, it's the Electoral College and I'm not sure where he Mm -hmm. stood there. But he he took home the popular vote by over 15 million votes. Apparently it was the largest margin in history. So he very easily won that. So you would think as an incumbent who was that popular at least yeah. four years ago, he would have been able well, to Well, he ran against it. Barry Goldwater. Well, right. So who was... Touche. Yeah, that, so that's part of why he did that, right? Strangely enough... No, oh, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> what? Just say it, man. No, I don't know. I just don't want to get into the current United States political system. This is like... Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Goldwater. Well, I just mean, you know... There was a lot of uh, comparisons to Goldwater, to the, you know, who was the Republican nominee in 64, to the current Republican candidate who just recently won. Well, Goldwater was a five-term United States senator, though. Yeah. He had a shit ton of experience. Right, but he was still kind of a little crazy. Well, they're all crazy, Brad. Yeah, I guess that's true. Looking at the electoral map, Jesus. Johnson won uh, every state except for one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Oh, my God. Like he That's got crazy. Yeah, he got 486 electoral votes, Johnson <laughs> did, to 52 what? Goldwater. What? I know. You just don't see shit like that anymore. You do not see shit like that anymore. Oh, my God. Look at this map. That's insane. Yeah. Whoa, that is truly embarrassing for Goldwater. Man, oh, man. <laughs> All right, I got to put that in there. We'll have a yeah. link to the electoral college map. Um Oh, and I also need to have a link to Hell in the Pacific. Can't forget that. No. That's a good one. I'm going to try to look that up. Yeah, maybe it's uh, available somewhere. Never know. I might check out this other thing. The Final Countdown. The Final Countdown. Well, it's never too late. It's only 32 years old. Yeah. Which apparently, according to Wikipedia, the Final Countdown was like one of these, like it was made in cooperation with the U.S. Armed Forces, I guess the Navy. Yeah, I think was, some of the crew people were actual, like, naval yeah. people. And it was used as a big, like, recruiting tool. Navals. They were actual navals. I mean, I, I was really into it. I would have signed Siskel up. Siskel and Ebert gave it their Dog of the Year award, though. Ooh, good. Well, again, might be worth it just yeah. for the academic exercise. That was, like, all. their first attempt. And then their second attempt was, uh, I guess, Top Gun, six years later. And that one worked. Huge success. Really worked. Huge commercial success. It was uh, went head-to-head with Platoon. I don't think Platoon worked quite as well. No, Platoon was not really a recruiting <laughs> tool, right? Or Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Not quite the same results. Oh, here, I got I got another thing for you. Sure. Um, I, And out. I know that this 
episode of Johnson is about Lyndon Baines Johnson, but I just want to show you this. I'll send it to you in the in the thing, so it's right there. Are you sending me a Johnson pick? No, Brad, come on. I, I'm not gross. I'm not a fucking monster. All right, you, you should have it there. All right, I'm looking at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Brad and Adam Giggle Online. <laughs> well, that's why we need to set up the fucking speakers. I know. I know. Got to get that working. At least we could hear it. Ah, uh, what what do you what kind of weird thing did you have to do in a past life to be born with the name Rod Johnson? I don't know. And then to maybe it's a thing with these Johnsons, but then to celebrate it and to like you might as well spray it all over your vans, so yeah. to speak. But I, I kind of just, just love the whole like avant garde. Oh my god! It's web so good. design, the autoplay video, video editing technique here. I'm really into that kind of shit. You know, I know you are. I thought you'd like it. His name's Rod Johnson. Rod Johnson. Can Rod, Rod. Johnson? <laughs> Rod. It's Dick. Well, since we're the going website down. is powered by Road Finch. Hmm. All right, now we've just gone too far. Oh wait a minute. Oh. There, one more, and then... All right, uh, another Johnson? Yeah, this is not Rod Johnson, this no, is... No, but this is Dick Johnson. Dick Johnson! <laughs> All right, Dick. What a dick. Go drive your race car. Yep, uh, yeah, again. Of course he's, you know, is he compensating for something? Driving his race cars, vroom vroom. He should team up with uh, Johnson Glasscock. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely should do that. So, speaking of knowing... Johnson Glasscock. When to quit. Yeah? My room is uncomfortably warm, because I don't think the thermostat in here works. Well... I think we've covered all of Lyndon B. Johnson's bunghole. Yeah, well... We've covered the bunghole and those funnel cakes, so... Yeah, that's the other thing. I'll put a link to that. I'll I'll let you get back to your uh, shriveled up funnel cake sauna. Guess that's better than a funnel cake hot tub. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Brad. As that, always. Probably the most, we and this is saying something, that we've ever discussed Johnson's in one episode. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, we've had our share of penis talk in the past, but uh, this set the bar a little higher, I'd say. Without a doubt. I'm not sure. This This is either, <laughs> I guess we'll just see how history remembers this one. Either the worst episode or the greatest. Or it's just... Or it will never even be listened to by another human being. Hell in the internet. All right, peace out, my friend. Johnson? Johnson? Johnson! Johnson! Next time on... Johnson? Let's face it, Die Hard is a pretty stupid name. 